Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Clown X. Good morning. Welcome in. We had a uh, Russell's Reserve Long Branch tasting at Kessler Prime yesterday afternoon. That went very, very well. Shout out to Kevin for helping us with that. Who runs Wild Turkey for uh, this area. And what was great is some guys stopped by. Um, i tell you what's underrated and kind of what we're promoting right now and talking about is Long Branch bourbon. Very, very underrated. That's Matthew McConaughey's bourbon through Wild Turkey, but collaborated with with Eddie Russell and, well, Jimmy Russell, Eddie Russell. And uh, turned out phenomenal, phenomenal bourbon, and Kessler Prime has it. And your local wine and spirits store, including Briarwood Wine and Spirits. Uh, please drink responsibly, but try a little Long Branch bourbon. Uh, this weekend. You may need it as uh, Mississippi State will play Georgia and Ole Miss will play Alabama. If you're a Texas A&M fan, woo! Oh my goodness gracious. You're three and six. You're not a good football team. You're uh, this thing has gotten out from under you and I I don't know what's going to happen with the Aggies. Are they going to hold on to Jimbo one more year? I tend to lean that way, Mm -hmm. but um you don't ever know in the wacky world of sports now that there's so much money. And uh, what a terrible contract to give Jimbo Fisher. Made no sense to do it. You didn't have to do it, um, whether LSU was open or not, uh, the first time. And then kind of doubled down on it last year when we had the crazy, crazy silly season of more Blue Bloods open than any time in the history of college football. Um, Florida, Miami, Oklahoma, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, LSU, you know, it was just, it was weird, wacky, and crazy. Um, But, yeah, I don't know what Texas A&M is going to do. I do think if they, they go to Auburn this weekend, and somebody, somebody said on Twitter, somebody's got to win that game. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Somebody's getting a second conference win, baby. Yeah. Let's go. And, you know, Cadillac Williams has nothing to lose. Nothing. He knows he's not going to be, I mean, he's not going to be the next head coach. Um, He loves his alma mater, which is great. It's good to see. He had, obviously, a great experience at Auburn. He was an unbelievable running back, first-round pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers years ago. Um, I loved his interview with Cole Kubelik at halftime. Just his, his emotion, and and he was like, we're not going to quit, we're going to play, and they did. That's correct. They did. That's Kudos correct. to to Cadillac Williams and all those kids for not for not laying down. Uh, and they gave Mississippi State all they wanted. But this weekend, somebody has to win the Auburn A and M game at Auburn. I don't know. I figure they can give away tickets to the game. Blake and I may go down there. We'll sit right on the fifty yard line. Um, I wonder if we can call plays. That'd be all. If Cadillac, well, Jimbo too, because he can't call plays, but. <laughs> Cadillac should let us call like one series. 
That would be awesome. Four verticals. <laughs> we would throw four verticals, four downs. Let's go. Yeah, it would be Robbie. If the first guy's not open, sprint one direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. <laughs> you're either throwing it deep or you're sprinting to one side or the other. Yeah, it, it's it's two teams that are bad, two offenses that are bad, two fan bases that have lost every ounce of give a you know what in them at this point because they see there's not there's no salvaging the season, right? I mean, at this point, even a win or two down the stretch doesn't make you feel better. You're just like, please, let's get this year over with and let's get on to next year. Yeah. Auburn's getting a new head coach. I want, man, I wonder if Jimbo's lost six games, but you know what he just lost for the first time is a five-star prospect. Yeah, he did. And I wonder how many five-star, four-star prospects can you lose out of this class before that becomes a true issue? Well, they're either going to have to double or triple pay whatever the the deal was. or And how many of the... And he's probably not going to come back. They, that usually doesn't happen. Um but his name is Anthony Hill. Texas A&M lost the number one linebacker in the country. Five-star prospect, Anthony Hill. He decommitted yesterday. And believe it or not, that could irk the A&M boosters, and especially the influential boosters, more than, um, well, this is going to sound weird, even more than losing games. But Correct. They play Auburn and UMass and then LSU at home. That's that's what A and M has left. So we know they'll win a game. I mean, I think they'll beat UMass, uh, <laughs> but they play at Auburn, and you don't ever know. No, no. Look, Auburn almost beat Mississippi State, and I think Auburn as crazy minus as, two. As crazy as this is, I think State's a better team than A and M. So, so <laughs> Auburn almost beat them at Mississippi State. Well, Why can't Cadillac get them up? To beat A&M at home. Mississippi State has a better head coach than Texas A&M. And the system that they're running currently. Correct. Their team is, is better working. Put it's better put together right now than a and Even with their two-hour lull that they had on offense. Which I think is a concern. I mean. They've kind of. Reg- Mississippi State's kind of regressed on offense. I, you Uh-oh. know. Kentucky, Bama, and A&M. You tell me. You think? Actually, tell me if you think I'm wrong. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I wrong? Overblowing it. Whatever. Do you think that the that it's trending the right way, or does it look to you like the Mississippi State offense is regressing? The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. We're going to go to the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line. Blake's telling me I have to do it. You do. Who is it? RRB. RRB, what's up, man? Ole Miss by 14 this weekend? Good morning. Ole Miss by one, but that's not why I called. I want to ask you a couple questions. Hey, I got a question for you. If Ole Miss wins this weekend, are you storming the field and trying to take down the goalpost? Heck no, we've been there before. Act like you've been there before. Oh my God! This okay. storming the field. Look, this storming the field crap's getting out of hand. Didn't y'all storm the field twice when you beat Ole Miss under freeze, or beat, or excuse me, once when you beat Alabama under freeze? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, but they that's stormed a the field bit when they beat Mississippi State and that's, Dan Mullen. That's also true. All right, go ahead, RB. Okay, couple couple questions. Uh, Jimbo Fisher. Okay. 
How many national championships has this man won? One as a head coach. Check. Uh, I'd say he's a pretty good recruiter, though. He gets some four, some five-star players. Would you say he's a good recruiter? Yes. Okay, check mark. Number three, his coaching's a little off, though, especially this year, right? Absolutely. Well, guess what this means? I have drawn a conclusion. It was an epiphany I had yesterday riding around listening to your show. I can't wait. Jimbo Fisher is Texas A&M's Ed Orgeron. <laughs> but there's one big difference between Jimbo Fisher and Ed Orgeron. And you know what that is? You can actually tell what Jimbo Fisher is saying when he does an interview. I'm out. Okay. All right. RB coming in hot. Hey, do you have um, do you have something from J- some Jimbo Fisher audio? It's really despicable. There you go. Be be honest. If if he loses Saturday, they're gonna let him come back to College Station. I don't know, man. We ain't going nowhere. Three and seven. If he loses, like you can't lose. They scored zero points in the second half against Florida. They're three and six and one and five in the league. Correct. I mean, this is this is nineteen eighty four Emory Ballard. This is well this for is all the people Edo complaining about this. for all the people complaining about Mike Leach. You could be Jimbo Fisher. Oh, there's no doubt. Mississippi State's three and three in the league, six and three overall, and pulled a tougher schedule. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The show is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Mike Dettelier at 830. It's really despicable. some more armchair QBs. Why is the MSU offense regressing? I'm not a coach yet, but my phone could ring. Jeff Saturdays did. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was Peyton Manning center for the Indianapolis Colts. If you watch ESPN at all during football season, Jeff Saturday is an NFL studio analyst and actually does a good job. Okay, he played one of the most cerebral positions in football. Uh, When you play in the NFL at that level for that long, and with Peyton Manning, there's no BS. Y'all saw the, uh, if you're on the Twitters, okay, and and I know know Peyton's supposed to be perfect and never cusses, you know, and so on, never has um, gone over the speed limit, whatever, but... If you see the clip from yesterday when it was announced that Jeff Saturday, who's not coaching, uh, ESPN analyst, former Indianapolis Colt, will now be the head coach, interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts the rest of the way. A video surfaced of Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday getting in each other's face, and they are very, very close. But it goes to show you, one, we've all been there in competitive sports or in business, whatever, in a room, things get heated, whatever. And, I mean, Peyton Manning is giving him the business, and Jeff Saturday's giving it right back in a game. 
I mean, they're both in those cool blue Indianapolis Colt uniforms. Um, Blake, did Saturday, is he a Hall of Famer? I can't remember. I don't think he's in okay. the Hall of Famer. He was just a good player. Yeah. All right. Um, will you look that up for me just to make sure I, I don't think he got a gold I jacket? So. But he, I, maybe I just remember him from being at Peyton Manning's speech a couple of years ago yeah. when, when Manning. He's not a Hall of Famer. Okay. All right. But the bottom line is they, I, I'm talking about to the point where they're about to fight. Correct. And the offensive line is having to get and in between. this is the them. up and up Peyton Manning, you know, Mr. Mr. Teflon, uh, the face of the NFL for years, uh, and then his centered, and, and again, they are tight as can yeah. be. Not many relationships are tighter than center QB in right. the NFL, right? And and I think it's to your point, it's two, it's two things. It's one, it shows that we can be big boys and get in each other's face because at the end of the day, we have respect because we have the common goal. No question. Right? We're... We're both motivated for the same reason. How many times have we watched Tom Brady walk down and, and light, light his up. offensive line on fire? Nick Saban. Light their Nick ass Saban. on fire. Right. Well, college game's a little bit different, but I agree with you. In the NFL, where they are professionals and they're paid, and it is a very professional deal, much more so than college, to watch Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday get after it was kind of a thing of beauty because, like you said, their goal, same goal. Yep. To find one inch, one little advantage. Because if you watch the NFL over the weekend, it ain't college and high school football where you have all kinds of, you know, 48 to 17 scores nope. and 35 to 10 scores. This thing is, I mean, guys have been up for hours trying to find the slightest edge against another staff that has 40 to 60 coaches who are going through hundreds and hundreds of hours of film just for this week. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs had to go to overtime to beat an undermanned Titans team, and the Bills lost to the Jets. That's the NFL for you. Again, we say it all the time. Alabama might lose to LSU, but they're not losing to Missouri or Vanderbilt or South Carolina like that. Like That's, that's the way the NFL all is. Right, let's take it local. Let's take it local. Out of Bounds ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Um, invite us. We'll meet you there for lunch. Great place for lunch and dinner. Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Let's go local. Mississippi State offense. Why has Mike Leach abandoned the run? Would it look like he committed to it earlier in the season? He's down to one running back. Okay, that could be it. Uh, because Marks is now, they've kind of, Marks was hurt early. Now Dylan Johnson's hurt for them. And they're not quite maybe trusting Simeon Price yet. Seems that way. Um, but still, Marks was capable of carrying the ball and playing. So I still don't, I don't think that's enough, honestly, to to warrant totally abandoning the run in 24 straight passes. Also, they seem to have abandoned the run all the way back to Kentucky. Um and and that gives SEC defensive lines and edge rushers the ability to go, ah, don't have to worry about running. We'll just pin our ears back. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you have to have... I'm not in the Luganville camp of you need to run the ball all the time. Oh, I'm not either. But you have to have just enough semblance of successful run to be dangerous. You have to make them believe you'll do it. It's a right. little bit like... I, don't, I would argue here's, here's the problem. 
there's three dimensions to an offense. There's vertical passing, there's short passing, and then there's a run game. Right now, Mississippi State is a one of the three dimensions offense. Wouldn't you agree? They've ne- under Mike Leach since he's been there. They've never been vertical in the passing game. So they've always only been two out of three at times. When they beat LSU, I mean, when they beat Arkansas and when they beat A&M this year, they were a two-dimensional team. They ran the ball pretty well. They threw the ball in, in, in the intermediate to short passing game. Still didn't go vertical. Now they're not running the ball. So but now they don't, they don't know what vertical means. Correct. And then they don't run the ball. So everything is between... A zero to 10 yard route. It is. Everything is line of scrimmage, LOS to 10 yards. And so you've taken out the run game. You've taken out the vertical passing game. So now as a defense, I only need to cover 53 yards, sideline to sideline, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, I, I, get to, I get to play goal line defense all the way across the field. Yeah. And in this league. It's impossible. With the athletes that you have. They can't be perfect for 12 plays. Right. They can't do it. Well, darn it. Okay. Until you go vertical. You call an upset this weekend? Until you go vertical. Because it sure sounds positive. Yeah, right. Until you go vertical or until you reestablish some semblance of running game, you're not, you're not, you just have to show them that you'll run it. Call it. 38-37 MSU over Georgia. Let me ask you this question. You heard heard Rebel uh, Red and Blue who believes you can't have fun in college football. No storm in the field. Um, I was disappointed that he he said Are you surprised that you were disappointed in an RRB call? I'm not. Well, he had been on a roll. Yeah, but no, that, that's why he was due. Oh, okay. he was due a bad one. That's right. Yeah. Um, I would say if if Mississippi State beats Georgia, which we're not, I'm not even entertaining that idea. But if it if it were to happen, okay, has to go over the 80 win of Alabama, right? As the number one upset win in the program's football history. Oh wow! Does it not? Modern modern time. Bigger talent gap, bigger, you know, uphill climb. Yeah, because that 80 team was loaded with NFL players for MSU, not Correct. just Bama. And the game um, was played so much differently that the talent gaps were not accentuated That's as much. right. Everybody played in the box, so Coach Paul Bear Bryant, as brilliant as he was, did not stretch the field. Yeah. Well, you kind of did running the wishbone, you know, Bond and whoever that was, sideline to sideline. But I get where you're going. Yeah. It wasn't a Different spread. game, yeah. yeah. Um. The triple option. I would argue this win, if if somehow Mississippi State were to... See, Ole Miss has no, had I, big wins in modern era. Big upset wins. Okay. I'd argue Mississippi State really hasn't had that monumental upset win. LSU on the road, first game of Mike Leach's season, defending national champions. That's it. Name me another one in the last 10 years where you go, that's a, that's a top level, top five game in the program's history upset win. So you don't feel like Mullen had a monumental win? I think he had monumental wins. I don't know if he had one like the level of beating a Georgia number one or Alabama in 80. Yeah. Or what Ole Miss did to beat Saban. Okay. I'm thinking through that. We have Mike Dettelier coming up next. The Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Superior.ms let me, let me think about that. We'll, we'll jump back in at 9 a.m. Steve Robertson at 9.30. Mike Dettelier coming up next on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Is this thing working? Give me some sound over here. Yeah. 
The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Epic win for LSU um, over the weekend against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Great game, overtime, just a ton of fun to watch. The reason why we all love SEC football. We'll visit with Mike Dettelier coming up here in a minute. LSU Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. This is the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. 1059 The Zone ESPN. The show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. AV System Specialist. Top quality audio visual at Sound and Communications. Soundcomav.com. The Leading edge audio visual for sports facilities, churches, and businesses powered by sound and communication. Soundcomav.com. Uh, Mike, what a game for the LSU Tigers in year one. Brian Kelly could lead LSU to Atlanta after beating the mighty Alabama Crimson Tide. And what a play call in overtime, but several more throughout the game. Um, from LSU, and so as you watched it, it was a great game, Tiger Stadium, great atmosphere. What was your one big takeaway on what LSU did to win? Just how far this team has come from week one against Florida State till now. Uh, just a maturation of a team. You you see it. They have some confidence and. You know, Brian's told me this, uh, that it comes a time for every coach that a team believes in you, believes in your staff, and that uh, what you're doing is correct. And they've bought into that. They've brought into Brian Kelly. And so, you know, what he inherited uh, from uh, Coach Owen and the staff before and the transfer portal, and the freshmen having such a huge impact. And it's rare that you have two freshman tackles, a freshman at tight end and Mason Taylor, and Harold Perkins on defense. And you four guys having that big of an impact as true freshmen. And so um, he's been able to make it work. Uh, Bo, it really has. And uh, I, I don't think anyone thought that they would be in this position in year one where you might have thought they might have been a pretty good team. Yeah. You didn't think they would be anything like this uh, to have so many different pieces in place and to get it to work. But he came off of that victory very quickly. And you could tell yesterday he was already singing it to his team. Don't let that success and everybody patting you on the back and telling you how great you are last for too long because Arkansas don't care about that. No, they don't. And uh, going to Fayetteville is always difficult, even though they're coming off a devastating loss. Do you think this team has the maturity? You mentioned all the freshmen playing, Mike D, and they, they are. They're playing great. 
Um, you do have some veterans, and of course, Jaden's been around a long time, um, not with the LSU team for a long time, but man, what a great story. Brian Kelly and the offensive staff has done an amaz- amazing job de- making that guy better and developing him. Uh, do you think they have the maturity to, to go on the road and and do what they need to do and not have a massive letdown this, this weekend, Mike D? Uh, that's the, see, that part I don't know yet. You know, because they've never played in that type of game. Uh, you're talking about how they beat Florida and Ole Miss and then now Alabama. But now you've gotten a couple weeks of success. How you handle that? And uh, I've sung that song a lot. I think you find out a lot about a team and about an individual when they get success and what it does to them. They may be don't work quite as hard. Um, you know, they soak it in a little bit longer than they should. <laughs> but uh, you could tell with Brian yesterday, he was sending that message to this team very quickly. Hey, you, you had your little run. You enjoy it. People are going to, and fans are going to enjoy it a little bit longer than we will. But you better get your uh, kind of keister ready uh, for what's going to happen Saturday. And that, you know, it, it's a game that it's going to be, uh, I think, around freezing. But it, it's going to get a little warmer during the day. It's an unusual game. Uh, Arkansas and LSU have played some really close games. They have. And the, and the physicality of that game. I think it's always shown up big. I know Coach O and his staff would always preach about, you know, when you're going to play uh, Arkansas, you better bring them, <laughs> bring that lunch pail because they're going to pack it all game long. And coming off that type of defeat to Liberty, to losing to Liberty, you know you're probably going to catch them in a in a pretty salty mood. And so, uh, but really. It boils down to this. Their offensive line play, which was horrendous early in the year, has really gotten so much better. And, again, those two freshman tackles, and Emory Jones, Will Campbell, uh, Charles Turner has has turned into a pretty good center. Uh, Even though he's a little light, he's turned into a pretty good center. And uh, to watch the maturing of Jaden Daniels at quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over and making big plays with his feet. And I told you long ago, man, watching him in practice in the fall, or I should say in the summer, I've never seen an LSU quarterback that can run like Jaden. And he does it effortlessly. But it's his speed that is so deceptive. And, you know, you got a lot of people, oh, that guy's really not that fast. Oh, yeah? We'll try to catch him. Alabama had some angles on him. Yeah. Man, he just ran away from people. And he's getting more, I think, comfortable throwing the football downfield, giving his receivers a chance uh, to make a big play. Because that's where LSU's got talent at the receiving core. They, every one of those guys will play in the NFL. Every one of them. Man, give them an opportunity to go make a play. And then to see Mason Taylor. 
Um, and I'll never forget, he commits to LSU. Coach O's uh, still coaching at that time. And, you know, he can't talk about it on the air, but off the air, I asked him, you know, what about Mason? You know, and he was like, uh, <laughs> all I can tell you, T-Boy, he's a big-time player, and it ain't going to be long. You're going to find out. He was absolutely right of how good of a player Mason Taylor uh, is at that tight end position. And, Bo, you walk up to him and you say, you 18 years old? He's legitimately 6'5 and some change and 250 pounds. You see him on television, you don't realize it. Walk up to him, he's a big man, and he's a big young man, and he's got some genetics, big-time genetics. Yeah, he does. So, um, yeah, he's, it's, it's really been awesome to see the growth of this football team and how well they handle success now down the stretch with Arkansas, Alabama, Birmingham, Texas A&M. Because everybody expects you to win those three. How did they come out of the game health? All right, so as you, you, you got two tough road games. At Ark, well, I don't know if A&M's tough, but, but they have players. At A&M, I mean, at Arkansas, at A&M. How did LSU come out health-wise in this game, Mike D? Yeah, it, it, everything looks to be pretty good. Uh, Garrett Dellinger, who was a starting guard for them, didn't play, but I think he's pretty close to coming back to play. But, uh, yeah, they, they look pretty healthy. And that's the thing. When you think about it, other than game one, which, man, they had a lot of injuries in that first game, and then you lose Mason Smith, uh, arguably their best defensive player. Um, And since then, they have been a relatively healthy team. You did lose Major Burns for a few weeks because of a neck injury, but, man, they've come out of this pretty good. Uh, man, the, the conditioning part, and I think that's something that's a little different than what happened with Coach O and company. That the last two years, LSU's had a ton of injuries. Okay, you lose Mason with a knee injury, and those events are going to happen. LSU has relatively been a healthy football team this year. And that that is the big difference from maybe what we've seen in years past. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what was your react? Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans on the Yingling Lager guest line. What was your reaction when you saw that Brian Kelly was going to go for two and win it or lose it in I overtime? I, I, I would have bet every nickel uh, because – He went through that against Florida State, and he was not going to let that happen again. He went for the extra point, and it got blocked. And at that point, I think if he was to redo anything over, he would have not taken that game to overtime against Florida State. I think in this spot, you played hard. You did everything you could to win the game. You know what? I'm not giving Alabama another shot. (laughs) 
you know, I'm, I'm going to end it right here. And I sort of remember them running a similar play a few other times near the goal line with Mason. And so I knew it was either going to be a Jaden Daniels run or he was going to try to get the football to the tight end because they had done it a few times in other games. Uh, To be honest, I wouldn't have been surprised that it would have been a keeper by Jaden Daniels. Uh, But once I saw how the formation lined up, uh, I thought Mason was going to be the big primary guy in that situation because we, we'd seen it before, them run it near the goal line like that. And Brian's a guy that emphasizes the tight end a lot. He really has. And when he came here, I remember when he came on WWL with us for the first time, he, he made the point that, you know, that was an area that he felt he needed to go out and get other people. He wasn't able to get a grad transfer. Uh, even I think he would be say he would be surprised at the growth of Mason Taylor at tight end. But it didn't surprise me because we had been through that in week one, and he got the extra point blocked, and that would have sent it into overtime. I think if he had to do it over again, and I think he'll say it. Well, I think he said it privately, but publicly he hasn't. That he would re- he would have redone that and went for two. Okay, Mike Detillier, LSU's on fire, and they have a chance to win the SEC West. Um, Ole Miss is still in play. We'll just kind of see how it all shakes out. But as Mike D said, LSU can't let their guard down. I know Arkansas is coming off a terrible loss, but that's up in Fayetteville, and weird things happen on the road in the uh, SEC. All right, Mike, were you surprised that Georgia dominated? I, I'm not I know you weren't surprised that Georgia won. Were you surprised no. that they dominated Tennessee? Yes. Uh I, I did not see I thought this would be a much closer game. The score is no indication of the dominance of Georgia because of how well they play defense. Uh Tennessee was stuck in neutral uh most of the that football game. And, you know, Georgia was terrific. And I thought Georgia would win, but not in this fashion. Not in that, the way they did it. It was a dominating defensive performance by the Bulldogs. Really was. And this is another very young team that lost a lot of people early <clears throat> to the NFL. And yet, Man, Kirby was able to get them restocked and reloaded and back running. Um, Offensively, they were impressive too now. Uh, And that part of getting all that together, I felt offensively they're probably better across the board with one exception, that's at running back. Because a couple of those running backs from a year ago headed to the NFL. But, uh, man, their defense – uh, Tennessee had it looked as though they were telling the Georgia defenders what play they were going to run before they ran it. And uh, Bobby laughed about it when I said it during the week. Is that you know most people say you know bend but not break defense. Uh, Georgia's not like that. 
they break you and then bend you over and spank your butt. And when they were on, they on, and they were on Saturday. Uh, that they 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 break you and they they spank you. Uh, do you and see? They take a lot of chances. They take they do. Uh, man, scheme wise, when you watch them, they take a lot of risk. Uh, they'll send a corner or a safety or a linebacker a lot. Uh, they take some risk in coverage. It's a lot of one on one. And I dare you to beat you. I dare you to beat me. Man, they get it done. And the way they mix and match their um, defensive schemes and coverages are so impressive for a college team. really is. Because no one has been able to slow down Tennessee. And I'm talking about no one. And, and Georgia did it. Mike Dettelier on the Yingling Lager guest line. Do you see a scenario, A&M, they could lose this weekend to an interim coach in Cadillac Williams, and I expect them to lose to your Tigers in College Station. In fact, that could be bad. Um, Do you see a scenario where, because I still say it's a rounding error, the 87 million's jump change. For, for A&M and their, their boosters and their athletic foundation. Do you see a scenario where they could move off of him after Thanksgiving weekend? I could see a, that happening if it really was bad. Um, say bad losses to an Auburn, this Auburn team, and a bad loss to LSU. you got to seriously think about it. Uh, you know they're going to make changes on the staff. I think the one thing I take away from watching A&M is they remind me of the LSU teams of the last two years who have talent. They don't have a signature quarterback. And I think it is sinking the boat. For all the money they've spent in name, image, likeness, and everything else, the biggest position out on the field, they're struggling with. And that's supposed to be Jimbo's specialty. Yeah. Developing quarterbacks, and it hasn't happened. Uh, you can tell me all you want about Kellen Mond. Uh, you know, he was an okay quarterback at A&M, but he was no signature guy. They conned the NFL into – you know, somebody picking him in round two. And Which is saw incredible. That out. Good grief. I, I'm still shocked at that. I, I really am. But um, Jimbo, I think in that one spot, has been almost blinded uh, by recruits. And, man, I would, I would love to have that defensive talent. <laughs> man, uh, I would love to have it if, if I was a coach. So – a bad loss to uh, Auburn, and let's say a blowout loss to LSU, uh, he could be in trouble. But I think for the present, I think he survives uh, at A&M with a coaching change. Because I think you you have to understand if you're going to make us a coaching change now, what happens to a lot of those players that were brought in by Jimbo and that staff? And you could see a mass exodus 
of that top-ranked recruiting class of a year ago. And a, and a top recruiting class coming again. You know, they, they haven't stopped. <laughs> They're rolling with it. And so I think you got to think about it long and hard. Uh, the 87 million, I agree with you, Bo. Uh, you, you can swallow that. They got guys there that would cut you the check for that. But it's the long-term ramifications if you make that move. But I think there are some people at A&M with immense power that feel as though if we make the move now or a year from now, it's all the same. Right. This isn't going to change. That's it's right. It's not going to change. And so now you got to convince people in power at A&M and the president, athletic director, everyone else that, hey, got to make that move. And, and we're going to, we're going to, finance that move but you got to make it and you better find somebody better so that that challenge of potentially losing a ton of players man we saw it we saw it happen at lsu where a lot of those players bailed out of there fast once ogeron and his staff got fired we saw it at usc similar that that top-ranked class may go bye-bye if um, if you make that change. That, I think that's just the ways of college football today. Uh, and I spoke to Billy about it, Billy Napier, and he was like, um, "I wish that I wish I was the one trying to re-recruit a top-ranked class because <laughs> that didn't happen with Billy at Florida. No, uh, with with Mullen, it, it didn't happen for him. And but he said, I understand kind of what happened at LSU with Brian." And I understand what Lincoln's going through at USC, that that's difficult, you know, because those players have no ties to you, none. You know, their ties are to the head coach and to the assistant coaches that brought them in. And they may, in, in today's world, you may have a big time run of guys getting out of there if you make that change. So, you got to think about it, but I think a lot of people in prominence at A&M feel as though, hey, we make the move now or we make the move a year from now, it's all going to be the same. That Jimbo's not going to change much. No. You got what you got. No. You got what you got. That's the problem. Um, all right. We'll leave it there. Mike Natillier, WWL Radio TV, uh, New Orleans, coming off Monday Night Football. And um, we'll talk to Mike. Now that was bad. <laughs> we'll talk to Mike about the Saints as we get past the college football season and maybe, you know, Mike's thoughts on what he thinks Mickey Loomis will do, how much longer he stays, what the Saints can do at quarterback in the future, and some other things. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, on the Out of Bounds Show. Thanks, Mike D. See you, buddy. Thank you, Bo. Appreciate it, bud. At Mike Dettelier on Twitter, he joined us on the Yingling, Lager, Guest Line, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, B3 in Madison and Brandon. They now have Yingling Lager. That's a great, great move right there from Steven and the crew. And uh, Blue Plates, Sandwiches, and Burgers. Mouthwatering, B3 in Madison. Show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. The top quality audio visual company in Mississippi, soundcomab.com.